the rivalry is back on. 1% better every day and 1-0. The set is the quarterback lined up behind center, takes a snap, going for a home run deep downfield, looking for T.Y. Hilton. Hilton makes the catch. He's at a 10, 5, stumbles in the end zone, touchdown. Both coming with pressure off the edge. Kenny Moore gets to Deshaun Watson. That's a sack for Kenny Moore. Kenny has a pick and now a sack in the game. Horseshoe is back, baby. The horseshoe is back. Welcome back to the Cody Foger Podcast. Joining me, Luke Schultheis of StampedeBlue.com. Luke, it's been a minute. How you been, man? Really good, Cody. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, dude. Uh, I think the last time I had you on was in the off season. So uh, Colts are now officially in the regular season. They just finished up week three. Uh, they're 2-1 and one on the season. They, they're on a two-game winning streak. Um, and Luke, I wanted to talk about on this podcast specifically, kind of looking at both sides of the of the ball, and we could even talk about the special teams a little bit as well. Um, looking at the takeaways that you have had from the Colts' offense and the Colts' defense uh, through three weeks, and what you think they can improve on um, in the in the last uh, last part of the season here, or I guess the rest of the season, the the thirteen more games that they play in the regular season. Um, so we can just start in there at the offense. Luke, what are some of your takeaways of this Jacoby Brissett-led Colts offense? Sure, Cody, and, and I think you hit the nail on, on the head with Jacoby Brissett. I mean, I think he's really been playing really well right now, and I think, you know, the second year in Frank Reich's offense, he looks really comfortable. He looks really poised. Um, he's mitigated mistakes. I think he only has one interception on the year to seven touchdowns. Um, and I think a lot of people coming in thought Jacoby Brissett would be a solid starting quarterback, uh, but I think he's really exceeded expectations right now. I mean, he looks really poised in Frank Reich's system, he's mitigated mistakes, and he's not just someone that you're going to put out there and be a game manager. I mean, he can make the big throws, he can make the big runs, as we saw um, even this past Sunday. Um, and I think for Colts fans, we have to be really impressed with kind of how this young quarterback has played so far this season. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, absolutely, Luke. And, you know, it's kind of crazy. I was looking at like the NFL stats, um, NFL research Twitter account, and they posted something that, that said um, Jacoby Brissett joins only Peyton Manning and Johnny Unitas as the three Colts quarterbacks who had posted two out of the first three games uh, with 115 quarterback rating or over. And that's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy company for a guy like Jacoby Brissett, who we didn't even know it was going to be if he was going to have a chance to start in Indianapolis. Now, who he, who has played really, really well in the first couple of weeks? Um, what are some things that you think Brissett can clean up um, as he goes along throughout this season? And what do you think he needs to do to make the Colts playoff relevant? And then, you know, who knows? Maybe even go deep in the playoffs this year. Yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily know. There's you know, one thing, I mean, I think at times, I mean, I've seen a little bit where he's maybe missed T.Y. Hilton on some deep throws. I don't necessarily know that that was the case as much this past weekend. I mean, I thought he looked really efficient. Um, so I think with any young quarterback, it's probably just progressing through reads, um, finding the open man, and, and not really being afraid to take the deep shot, too. I mean, we know Jacoby Brissett has that big arm, um, probably a bigger arm than even Andrew Luck had when he was here at, you know, 6'4", uh, 
238 pounds or whatever he is. So, I mean, I'd like to see him air it out maybe a little bit deep. I know this, this past game that wasn't as, you know, he didn't have as much of an opportunity to do that this past weekend, especially with T.Y. Hilton, um, you know, having to sit out the second half with that quad injury um but yeah i think that's just with any young quarterback and i think as he continues to get more starting experience in frank Reich's system i think we'll start to see him be even more efficient and be even more fluid with his reads and able to progress the season you know that continues on yeah yeah for sure and he sure does have a lot of weapons around him now uh, as opposed to when he started for the colts uh 15 games in 2017 um and one of those weapons has really had a strong start to the, to the season and that's marlon mack and marlon mack's a guy that you and i have both been really high on ever since he was drafted in the fourth round of 2017 out of southern florida um and Merlin Mack so far has 299 yards, just under 100 yards in three games uh, per game. Uh, definitely has had uh, – he's had the best, I would say, the best average yard per rush in his career so far at 4.9 yards per carry. Already has two touchdowns. What have you seen from Marlon Mack's game? Um, even from – you know, he had a really, really good 2018 season. But what have you seen in Marlon Mack's game that's allowed him to kind of take it to the next level here in 2019? Sure. I think he's really progressed as a runner as far as just his overall patience. Um, it looks like he's reading holes more. He's not always just going full speed at the first sign of, you know, a slight crack in the offensive line that he, or defensive line that he might be able to run through. But at the same time, I think there's being too patient. And he's really towing that line right where a running back needs to, where you're patient, but at the same time, you're decisive. And I think that's a great to have as a young running back. And I think Marlon Mack is really showcasing right now that why he's the Colts workhorse. I mean, he's their every down back. Um, Jordan Wilkins is nice as a change of pace. And I think Naheem Hines does a great job as kind of that scat back, third down back occasionally. Uh, but Mack's really the guy for the Colts backfield right now. And he can really do a little bit of everything. And, and he's really starting to showcase his talent. And really taking a big leap this year as, you know, a number one running back that I think, you know, the league and everyone the fans are really starting to take notice of his game and how good he is. Yeah, for sure. And I know last year Marlon Mack wasn't particularly great at getting yards after the carry. Um, and I know that was something that he strived to get better at this this offseason. Um, have you noticed that Marlon Mack getting more, more yards um, after contact, I should say, um, as opposed to last year? Yeah, I mean, I think he looks a little more physical as a runner. I think he's starting to show, you know, a little more wiggle. Um, and, and I and he always has that stiff arm. I mean, we saw that this past weekend when he stiff armed a Falcons defender on the way on his way to the end zone. So he always has that in his toolbox too. And of course, Jadavian Clowney knows that from last year. But yeah, I mean, I think he's been really impressive as a young running back, and he's for all the talk that the Colts needed to sign Le'Veon Bell this offseason and yada, yada, yada. I mean, I think Marlon Mack has shown that, no, he's the guy. And when you give him running lanes to work with and you have guys like Quentin Nelson up front and Ryan Kelly, you know, Braden Smith and Costanzo at tackle and Golinski too at guard. I mean, those guys do a good job of just giving him holes. And he's shown that when he's given a little bit of crevice of daylight, he can make a little bit of magic happen. Is it, is it weird for you, Luke, now, you know, looking at this Colts offense who obviously we knew – ever since 2012 has been Andrew Luck's offense really have not had, <laughs> it's kind of been the other way in previous seasons where the Colts would have a top passing attack and more of a, 
you know, middle of the pack to low and end rushing attack. Is it weird to you that the Colts are top 10 in rushing now and bottom half of the league in passing yards? Yeah, it's a little weird. I mean, I think with the Colts and kind of the way the league has gone, you think passing offense is going to win, but the Colts and I think when Chris Ballard even first came here, he said, we're going to win in the trenches. And it looks like the Colts have made a concerted effort to really do that. I mean, by drafting Quentin Nelson with the sixth overall pick, you know, last year, and then adding Braden Smith around later. Um, and they really feel like the running game is going to be their bread and butter. Like Jacoby Brissett can make plays in the passing games. But for me, I think the difference with this Colts offense is that you know, they're, they're going to make an effort to establish the run, and when they do establish it, they're not going to stop, I and mean, they're going to consistently try to run the ball against you. And, and I think this offense really has an identity right now. I mean, it's not Andrew Luck's high-flying passing attack. It's a ground game that's complemented with Jacoby Brissett and being able to make some plays in the passing game and also move a little bit with his feet. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is still strange. I'm still trying to grasp my, my head completely around – around that but it's kind of cool and i think luke some fans were kind of like nervous when they see three second and pass and they're like oh man does it mean jacoby Brissett's not a good quarterback like do we need to make an upgrade and i just think it means it means to me it means more like frank reich knows the hot hand and the hot hand has been the running game and so it's like well if you have 200 yards rushing every game you're probably not going to have 300 yards passing every game and so um I think that's kind of a big reason. And I think Jacoby Brissett kind of silenced a lot of those doubters this last week for sure. Um, and we can kind of talk about some of his help, some of his receivers. Um, you already mentioned Naheem Hines, who's a very good uh, receiving back. He showed his ability and his elusiveness um, in the game in the game against the Falcons. And uh, uh, one guy who's just been con- a model of consistency has been T.Y. Hilton. And obviously we know he was battling a quad injury. Um, he was listed as questionable. He did, did end up playing, but then re-aggravated it um, right in the first half and then um, didn't come back in the second half. But he did score a touchdown, and then he didn't come back after that. Um, Luke, do you, what's the latest on Hilton's injury, um, and what, what, is the, what do you think it means for the Colts receiving core going forward? Yeah, Cody, I mean, I think the last time I heard it, I think Hilton even wanted to come back in yesterday, and, and the trainers pulled him out because they were worried about that he might tear that quad, which I think that early, this early in the season is a, is a legitimate concern. I don't know if you've heard anything further. There's been a development on that. Um, but I think Hilton's been outstanding so far. I mean, I honestly thought he might take a little bit of dip in production from having to leave Andrew Luck and go to Jacoby Brissett. Um, and that's not a knock on Brissett. It's just that Andrew Luck, when he's playing well, when he was healthy, was arguably a top three to five quarterback in this league. And I think Hilton has really looked like he hasn't skipped a beat. And I think he's really taken it on himself to be a consistent playmaker on this team. I mean, he already has what, I think four touchdowns this year. He had six all of last year. Um, on Sunday in the win against the Falcons, he had eight receptions for 87, or sorry, six, yeah, eight receptions for 65 receiving yards and a touchdown in the first half before he was forced to leave that game with that quad injury. So, I mean, he sort of looks like a man possessed right now. I know when he started the season, he said he was playing for Andrew Luck, who's a really good friend of his. Obviously, they came to the league the same year, but he, he really looks like he's playing with a little bit of extra and really being a veteran leader and playmaker for this offense. Yeah, it's been amazing, Luke, because T.Y. Hilton has always mentioned, you know, I want – he has this goal of, like, double-digit touchdowns. And, of course, when he says that, you're just like, come on, T.Y., you're like 5'10", 5'9", 5'10". Like, it's going to be hard for you to get in the red zone. But 
he's really stepped it up, man. He, he, I've been really impressed by T.Y. Hilton. He already has four touchdowns in three games. I mean, you mentioned it already. He had six all of last year. And, uh, yeah, especially because, you know, in 2017 when Jacoby Brissett was the quarterback, T.Y. Hilton didn't have 1,000 yards. And that was like the first time since his rookie year he didn't have 1,000 yards. So I think it was natural to expect T.Y. Hilton to kind of have a drop-off year a little bit. But he has not at all. It's been actually absolutely impressive for him. Um, another guy who I think people thought would have kind of a maybe a, a down year because of the, because of Andrew Luck not being there um, was Eric Ebron. But I mean, while the touchdowns have not necessarily been there this year, I think all in all, Ebron and Jack Doyle and some of those tight ends have really played very well considering everything that's happened and um, not having you know the starting not having any. Uh, player like Andrew Luck anymore I think all things considered these tight ends have played very very well so far yeah I'd agree with that Cody and I think Frank Reich likes to deploy each of those tight ends a little differently I mean I think Ebron in the red zone is you know the big target for Jacoby Brissett obviously and I think Mo Ali Cox adds a blocking dimension and can really be a baller along the offensive line but still provide a little bit of receiving prowess as we saw with that one-handed ridiculous catch he made last year um, and then you also have Jack Doyle, who's probably the most complete tight end, who's the sure-handed safety valve for Brissett, and can also block at a really high level. And I, I think Frank Reich does a really good job of kind of mixing and matching those guys. Play he wants to run and kind of the situation that the Colts are in. And yeah, I'm not sure Ebron will get those 13 touchdowns he had last year, but I still expect him to be a valuable offense, especially along the goal line. Yeah, and you mentioned the O-line, man. We, we, we can't go without mentioning this offensive line, which is an elite unit by far. Um, they've been able to run the ball super effectively. And I know early on they, you know, they may have struggled a little bit in the pass protection game, especially in the preseason. Um, but it seems like they've kind of figured it out a little bit. Um, this new scheme with this new offensive line coach, Chris Strausser, um, it definitely seems like this offensive line is coming in back into form like we saw in 2018. Yeah, I agree, and I don't think the offensive line has really missed a beat with their new offensive line coach. And I mean, Frank Reich is still calling plays to get the ball out of his quarterback's hands, whether that's for set now and not Andrew Luck. I mean, I think you're starting to see similar results. So, yeah, I think those guys are starting to make big leaps. I mean, it's hard to believe that Quentin Nelson was an All Pro last year, and I mean, he's only going to get better. I mean, his second year, he, he said he wanted to work on his technique and. Really, he's been a monster to start the year, and I thought Braden Smith, too, at you know a young right tackle in his second year, had a great game last weekend against the Falcons. So, I mean, I think it's a unit that, that you know, only room for more growth and, and improvement overall. I mean, really the lone veteran of that group is Anthony Costanzo, you know, kind of the grizzled veteran, but is the rest of the unit, you know, mostly still guys in their early to mid-20s that really have a chance to continue to improve and grow together. Yeah, for sure. And I forgot to mention the wide, some of the other wide receivers. We talked about T.Y. Hilton, um, but obviously Devin Funchess is out at least until week 10. Uh, got placed on IR. He's probably going to come back. Um, but then there's some other guys, you know, like we mentioned, if T.Y. Hilton goes, you know, if he's not able to go on Sunday against the Raiders, some guys are going to have to step up. Some guys like Deion Kane, some guys like uh, like Paris Campbell, some guys like Zach Pascal who scored a touchdown. Uh who do you think has the best chance to to make that impact and kind of fill the void if Hilton does miss Sunday's action? Yeah, I'm really interested to see more of Paris Campbell. I, I mean, I know he was slowed a little bit in training camp with some injuries and in preseason even. And he's a guy that just has elite speed. I mean, 
it's one of the, it's kind of like a Tyreek Hill situation, at least on the field, where he just seems like he can run a little bit faster than the rest of the guys out there. And I think we even saw that on that kickoff return where he was maybe a step away from just taking that ball to the house. I mean, just electrifying athlete, great speed, also has a good hand. So I, I just want to see kind of how he does with more playing time and experience in the Colts offense. And I think Deion Kane is another young receiver who has, really has an opportunity and a chance to impress, and he's had some receptions early in this season. Um, so I think both of those guys are probably the guys that are going to have to carry the majority of the wide receiver load for the Colts. But then you also have Zach Pascal, who coaching staff really likes. He, he blocks really well on the perimeter. Um, he obviously had that big touchdown catch and I think a 35-yard 30 reception late in the fourth quarter that kind of helped the Colts seal the deal, too. And he's another receiver that I think for being on the roster bubble, kind of, or so many fans thought entering you know, the regular season, that he really had a great game on Sunday. And there's Chester Rogers, too, who's given the opportunity. He'll have the chance to fill out to make plays and really help this Colts offense. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of options there that the Colts can have, um, which is great. Uh, so, Luke, I want to I want to now talk about the defense, which has it's been an interesting couple weeks for the defense. Uh, the first week, obviously, did not play very well um, against Philip Rivers, and then last week they thought they played a little bit better. Granted, it was against Marcus Mariota, who isn't who isn't an elite quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. And then you know you play against another pretty good, if not elite, quarterback in Matt Ryan, and the defense kind of shows its warts again. What do you think this defense needs to improve? Um, on in, in order to kind of, you know, obviously it's, it's going to be hard to stop these elite quarterbacks. So what does this defense have to do better um, to kind of slow some of these guys down? Sure. I mean, I, I think for the Colts, you know, playing that cover two-ish style, I mean, they've got to get past rush. And I think we saw, we saw on Sunday in that second half, they were kind of sitting in that soft zone and Julio Jones and Sanu and Ryan was getting time. And he was starting to find those guys and, those guys were carving up the cold zone a little bit. And I think having pass pressure certainly helps that. Um, so I think Ture, Justin Houston, of course, um, some of those guys have got to be able to get pressure on the quarterback consistently, especially if we're going to play that zone. Cause I mean, we even saw that in the Kansas city playoff lot last year. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was there and against a really good to elite quarterback like Mahomes, certainly. And even Matt Ryan, who's, a, who's at least a very good quarterback, um, you're going to get picked apart in zone if you can't pressure the quarterback. And I mean, the Colts also have to do a little bit better job against the run. I thought they were pretty good this past weekend against the Falcons. I don't think, you know, Freeman or anyone really got going a ton. Um, but that's always going to be a concern for sort of a smallish, quicker defense is whether you can hold your blocks, fight off those blocks and really get to the running back and make it a gang tackling effort and not just a one-on-one battle. And, you know, I thought the Colts run defense wasn't bad this past week weekend, but obviously I think the wheels kind of came off in that passing game in the second half against Julio Jones and Matt Ryan. Yeah. And I know Jabal Sheard is a guy who's been out since the, really since I believe he got injured um, in the off season. And so um, if Jabal Sheard's able to go, what do you think he can bring to help aid this Colts pass rush and aids this Colts uh, defensive line? Sure. And I think Sheard, you know, is arguably the Colts most complete defensive lineman. I mean, maybe at least on the outside, I think you can make the case for Danico Autry as well, but he's probably better in the passing than he's the run. I think Sheard is pretty good at both. And I think he's definitely a nice compliment that because he can play against the run and the pass. And he's not one of those guys that you have to take off the field in any situation because he's really good at both. 
Um, and I think it's a versatile weapon where you can put him on the outside and run downs and then push him to the inside on passing downs and, and really gives that defensive front line a lot more versatility and just a good overall player. So, I mean, I think he'd definitely be a big addition to that Colts defensive line as the season progresses, assuming he can come back healthy. Yeah, and the, obviously we, we heard about Malik Hooker who tore his meniscus. Fortunately, it's not a season-ending injury. The Colts expect to be back within four to six weeks. Um, Luke, first off, how big of a hit is this for the Colts' backfield, the Colts' defensive uh, defensive backs? And and also, who's going to fill that void in the meantime while Hooker's on the mend? Sure. I mean, I think it's obviously a big blow. I think in, in the Colts, I guess, in the Colts' case, the one silver lining is that their schedule um, – with the exception of the Chiefs coming up. I mean, they have a fairly favorable schedule. They also have the bye week thrown in there, which is another week that, you know, Hooker can bend up and the Colts don't actually have to play a game. And I think that that bye week's one in week six. So, but obviously I think you have the Chiefs coming up and we saw it against Kansas City last year on the road, just how much losing Hooker meant to that Colts secondary. They just didn't have that ball hawk and that center fielder. I mean, Hooker's their best safety and he's certainly their best safety and coverage and he just gives them kind of an Ed Reed like presence and can really cover a lot of ground in the back end of that secondary make plays um in his absence I think rookie fourth round pick Kari Willis is going to be kind of the guy in the starter next to Clayton Gathers and he's looked really good I mean to start the season you can see why the Colts traded up to get him he's a sure tackler um, he's he's solid in coverage. I don't think he's necessarily Malik Hooker in coverage, but he might be a little better tackler, and I think he can really be a solid starter for the Colts. Um, and I think they're going to need a little bit more from Clayton Gathers, too. I mean, Gathers had that big interception this past Sunday against the Falcons, uh, but up to that point, it struggled a little bit in coverage, and I think the Colts need Clayton Gathers to be back to the guy that he might have been before some of those injuries. And it looked like last Sunday was a good step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. And Luke, thank you for all the Colts knowledge and, and everything, but I want to kind of get away from Colts knowledge because you are getting married this weekend. That's crazy, man. How excited are you? Yeah, really excited. Uh, it, it, it's definitely great. Um, I'm really looking forward to it this weekend, obviously planning and preparation and all that is kind of, we're done with all that. And, and my fiance, Ann and I are really looking forward just to celebrating the big day. Um, with all our friends and family and then afterwards getting away for a little bit for a honeymoon. So I'm definitely looking forward to it, doing some major life things this weekend. So um, it should be great. I'm really excited. So thank you, Cody. Yeah, for sure. What what day is the wedding? Um, so it's Saturday, September 28th. So hope, hoping the holds up and we've got some great weather and everything this weekend. So I'll be keeping my fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely, man. And hopefully uh, on Sunday, the Colts come to deliver a win. I'm not sure if your wife will let you watch the game, but if she will, I hope the Colts will, will pull one out against the Raiders for you. Yeah, I'm hoping too, Cody. We'll have to see on that. But yeah, I'm definitely <laughs> hoping the Colts pull off one. It should be, a, should be. you know, you don't want to take any opponent for granted. Um, I like the Colts' chances certainly at home against the Raiders, but we'll see. I mean, that's why you play every Sunday, and I'll definitely be, you know, keeping my fingers crossed for another Colts victory so they can keep this win streak going. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Luke. And I pray that uh, and hope that your wedding goes well, man. It's, it sounds like a really fun weekend ahead for you. Thanks, Cody. And go Colts. All right. Go Colts.